Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners with me, Simon Evans. Joining me tonight, Ian Stone and Josh Howie. Gentlemen. Hello, mate. <laughs> How are you? Who no, are I'm doing great. Excellent. Doing great, yeah. Marvellous. And yeah. you, Josh? I'm amazing. You look as ever two peas <laughs> two, two very close variants. <laughs> On the left yeah. wing hand-wringing mob that we have to employ here for a bit of balance here. 23 hours of full-on hard-right populism on this channel. Well, and you then just I wait. have to wrangle some balance. Here we are. Here we are to tell you how it is. You're mm. going to be honest, decent and fair, aren't you? That's all we expect. And kind. Any of those? Kind, kind very kind. Oh, right, OK. Satirical yeah. at all times. Well, it looks like we have got a little bit of a break in the uh, overwhelming grey cover that has uh, obliteratid sunshine from the news landscape. It's one or two quite jolly stories to deal with this evening. I know, it's not as much COVID as normal. No, in fact, no COVID. No COVID. No, no. that's very 20 minutes ago, I can tell you. We <laughs> yeah, haven't been worried about that for quite some time. Let's take a look at the headlines. The front page of the Daily Mail kicks us off. Mutiny on the P&O ferries. That is quite an exciting story we'll be dealing with very soon. And also the Daily Mail relishing the BBC's embarrassment, shame and squirming over the Martin Bashir outrages, which has possibly finally reached its final conclusion. Russians target Patel and Wallace with fake video calls. That's the headline on the Daily Telegraph. Patel and Wallace, not a new plasticine animation team. They are, in fact, senior members of the, uh, of the government, of the cabinet. And there is a very uh, anxious-looking young lady there who is hoping to escape the war, I assume. Full Russian attack on Kiev may never happen and outrage at sacking of 800 P&O staff. That is the double from The Independent. And there's also Jess Phillips there in the top rank. She's uh, one of their columnists uh, these days, Jess Phillips. And uh, she says that, uh, I like this headline, it says cyber flashing is not just a joke, suggesting that it is at least that, but much more besides. Uh, the Guardian runs with Putin accused of war crimes as school and theatre are hit. Despicable behaviour from the Russian forces today, it would appear. We will be taking a look at that very shortly. A much more cheerful story there, though, illustrated the return of Nazanin, uh, which we covered last night. She is finally reunited with her husband, who seems to have developed some quite interesting sunburn. I don't know whether he was taking the opportunity while uh, the, he was hoping to sort of get bronzed up for his new photo calls, and it's all gone a bit weird and wrong. But anyway, never mind, they're happy. The Financial Times goes with P&O Holtz Ferry Crossings and sacks 800 sailors via a Zoom call. That is, uh, the, that was it, was it Phil Collins who got divorced via text? I think this has upped the stakes a little bit from that. Or was it by, by fax that might have been? I forget these various. It was Russell Brand who got divorced by text and Phil Collins who did it by fax. But I think this is even more despicable. An HR disaster at the very least. Band of mothers, 227 Ukrainian children, many orphans, rescued by heroic group of mums. That's from the Daily Mirror. Um, and they also have a single headline, scum, top left, which I assume is the management rather than the, uh, the people who've, who've taken control of the ferry in protest. Ukraine takes fight to Putin. Uh, that's the next headline. Who's that from? That's the Times. And DVLA staff watch TV in bed as backlog mounted as a sort of smaller scale version of the parties at number 10 has reached uh, Swansea by the look of it. 
Now we have the Metro goes with mutiny on P&O ferries. And that was the headline. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a look at what's inside. So first up, from Friday's Guardian and many other papers, uh, a depressingly familiar refrain and probably the least uh, potential comic material from this, Ian, uh, further outrages from the Russian forces. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of comedy here. Vladimir Putin has been accused of war crimes as a school and theatre are hit in the Ukraine. I mean, I guess it depends what they're showing in the theatre, doesn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, well, as Sheridan Morley once said, falling asleep is a form of criticism, but this seems a bit extreme. It's grim, it? it's grim. Uh, Liz Truss said there was now a very, very strong evidence of war crimes being committed by Russian forces. Um, I mean, I mean, the Vladimir Putin... The would be whether they deliberately do it or whether they didn't take sufficient... Whether they might... They will say they were targeting military... I mean, I imagine, I think, well, that what they said was that uh, anyone who bombs uh, healthcare facilities, uh, particularly, that is specific. In any conflict, uh, attacks on healthcare are a violation of international humanitarian law. Mm. I mean, what I would say about Vladimir Putin is that with, through Bashar al-Assad, he, he used barrel bombs in Syria. That, yeah. I imagine, would be a war against civilians. That would probably be a war crime as well. But it's about proving it, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, even when they were bombing that maternity hospital, which was about a week ago, maybe 10 days ago, there were lots of very distressing pictures of women coming out on stretchers and there were stories of, of uh, maternity equipment covered in rubble and all the rest of it. But there were suggestions that also some... Ukrainian forces had taken up positions within that building. Suggestions from where, though? Oh, well, yeah. I think I think reasonably well uh, documented. Well, Russia, Russia today. Well, <laughs> you say that, but I don't think you can you can't in you can't well, effectively distinguish okay. what's right well, and wrong on a lot of these. Fronts. In this case, in the theatre, they had painted outside on the ground children. Yeah. So that any bombers flying overhead, would, and they'd paint it in Russian, so they'd know this is where children were, yeah. and they still did it. Yeah. Uh, Forty-three attacks on healthcare facilities in the Ukraine. This isn't just that wasn't just what happened like one one off incident. No. This is part of their policy, and it's exactly what they did in Syria. So this Can is I ask you, but and Chechnya as well, by the way. Yeah, and Chechnya. I remember in Syria, I think it was 2014, there was a gas attack in Syria and yes. there was a, uh, a vote in the House of Commons as to whether or not to re respond yeah. to this yeah. with, with uh, simply like sending jets over and, and uh, Obama was keen to do so as well. And Ed Miliband yeah. uh, basically defeated the government on that. I think that was their lowest moment, Labour yeah. Party. I think it was... Yeah. I, how, how did I, you feel about it at the time? I was, I, no, I was angry. Were you? Yeah, Were you? Because, because there was, uh, there was basically pretty much definitive proof that he had used um, so poison ga gas saying... on his own yeah. population and because of, uh, you know, Iraq, uh, there was this unwillingness to actually engage with it well, and it was, it was weakness. Yeah. yeah, well, that is the point, though. Iraq did not go well, so there was un unwillingness to yeah, engage Yeah, but when you it. let people get away with poisoning their own population well, and you don't actually do anything about it... There was... Perhaps more to the point, there was a precedent set by Blair under those conditions which mm. demanded that there be parliamentary uh, consensus rather than mm. just governmental consensus it, at it, that point. It turns out it was a mistake. Yeah. It turns out it was definitely a mistake because if you draw a red line and then let someone just trample over it, yeah, yeah. then, therefore, it's going to happen again and it's happening again and let's see what happens this time. A lot of people are saying that was, like, the precedent that was set and that was when Putin established a, a sort of... Uh, 
uh, a, a right of, of his, you know, the, 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 like the heckler's veto, I suppose, in a sense. Uh, uh, Whoever's uh, willing to be the most outrageous, it's, it's, it's uh, understood in gangland. Well, it seems like the West is finding its backbone a little bit again. So, Well, because it's happening only two hours from here, yeah. as opposed to in the Middle East or somewhere. Yeah. 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 Josh, you could have a story that could come from the golden age of sale by comparison. This is rather a romantic incident. It seems a man who's been to Hull and back... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> has taken control of the situation. Yeah, so uh, P&O have um, fired 800 of their employees on Zoom, and one of the, the captains uh, has basically locked himself and the crew on a ship. Supposedly that's legal because uh, maritime law is that you, can, if you are the captain of a ship, even if you're in dock, you can still say who comes on board, so he's stopping any police coming on. They've said that they have food and supplies to last as long as it tastes, uh, takes, I've tasted P&O food. <laughs> I suggest they might be out within the hour. <laughs> what is interesting about this is that I think it, it always uh, throws into light things that people don't often consider or remain blissfully ignorant mm. of. For instance, the international nature of the holding company, which, uh, which actually holds and is, has been yeah. absorbing the losses, £100 million losses. I think this is very interesting. Uh, um, um, that There was a Labour MP, the whole Labour MP, Carl Turner, said that staff on the ship have been treated with utter contempt by P&O, which is owned by Dubai-based logistics giant DP World. Yeah, who would have well, known that? Well, DP World couldn't give a monkeys about no. the people on the ship. What they can see is the bottom line, which is they're losing £100 million a year because of uh, uh, various things, lack of tourism. Uh, Brexit, by the way, has a, has a part to play in this because I was reading about the fact that there's a lot less freight travelling, particularly between, I think it was Holyhead and Liverpool and Dublin and Liverpool. There's a lot less freight going. So P&O have been losing money, but the holding company couldn't give a monkeys. They yeah. just they want to get rid of it and they can get cheap foreign yeah. workers. I might, I might add that the P&O uh, took 10 million... Uh, from the government to pay for people's wages during the furlough. Right. Also, the, the holding company has handed out a dividend of 270 million, and I think they sponsored a golf thing for 140 million, and they sponsored uh, F1 for 30 million. 140 million. 140. Yeah, to do. Yeah, tremendous to, golf yeah. tournament. Tremendous I mean, golf. really. That well, that's what I said. That was. Golf, like, I would be interested to know though. Yeah. They are saying that they. That it, this, there's no dispute over this. The intention is to let these expensive British workers go and then re-employ overseas work. workers who yes. are cheaper. On yes. the, you know. But where would they come from? Would they be? Well, they haven't actually. In the articles foreign. that I've read, haven't well, said. you're saying they're not. You're saying it's not Brexit, because the whole point of Brexit was supposed to be that it would uh, reduce the opportunity mm. of, of uh, employers to... No, no, I'm saying that Brexit had a, had no, no, a part no, to play... I know, I know what you're saying, yeah. Brexit, but I'm saying the whole idea of Brexit among those who were selling it to us mm. was that it would reduce this kind of thing, that, that, that uh, British workers would uh, would have less competition out. from, from mm. cheaper overseas. I suggest it might also why. be more to do with the unions and fire, hiring non-union members as much. The people, the officers, are going to be allowed to reapply for their jobs, I'm yeah. assuming, under less favourable conditions. The people who actually work and do, like, the grunt work, yeah. that's not the case for them. There was also the fact about them being sacked by Zoom yeah. as well. Mm. A Is lot of a people Zoom meeting or more like a... No, no it was, it was just no, like a, a Zoom recorded, announcement. pre-recorded Zoom announcement wow. and, yeah, they just, and they were just told. But I was thinking about this. How... How, what is the best way to sack someone, by the way? Did I, how did they do it in the past? I mean, I'm genuinely asking the well, question 800 here. people, I suppose you have to try and sack them all at the same time. All at the same time. Well, Zoom would probably yeah. be... It's not... Listen, it's like being dumped by text or whatever. It's yeah. not pleasant. It's crass. Is it callous? 
Perhaps a little bit, but the whole thing is chaos. I think it's wrong. What I would do if I had 800 people just off the the top of my head, I think you would probably arrange that make sure that they were on the other end of a Zoom call and that could be shared, maybe 50 people at a time or whatever, and you have, you know... Interesting, there's a ticker tape at the bottom of the screen that we've just all been fired, so... Move on, whatever else. (laughs) Friday's Guardian now, and another story that feels more like a sketch than a real-world event. (laughs) This is... Phone hoaxer gets through to our defence secretary and, and our foreign secretary as well, or home secretary as well, was it? Yeah, it was uh, uh, basically a hoax caller claiming to be the Ukraine, Ukrainian Prime Minister, Denis Shmihal, Shmi mm. was able to get through and speak directly to the defence secretary, Ben Wallace. Um, Pretty Patel apparently had a similar thing happen to her last week. They asked them both about this, Pretty Patel and Ben Wallace. And they both government ministers expressed solidarity with Ukraine. Well, I'm glad That's they did nice that. That's nice to know, Because yeah. I, I weren't sure which way they were going <laughs> until they said that. But this is just some... Is this... Well, I mean, it mm. depends where you look. I mean, some people would say it's the Russians getting involved. It might just be some idiot who's just thinking I'll have a bit of fun. Uh, it's the easiest it's accent to fake. And look, I am ringing from Ukraine. Well, to speak the from thing Ukraine. is, if, you, if you're Ben Wallace uh, and, and someone saying the Ukrainian Prime Minister uh, was calling up, mm. you might take that call. You especially must, if they were must insistent. at least have had some kind of code or they must have known some extension number. They can't just be a general number available to the public. I don't you know. Can. I've yeah. never yeah. tried. I was going to sort of Ben there, you know. But also... maybe. He was hoaxed at one point, wasn't he, a few years ago? I remember there was he was he was quite sort of offhand and he found it all quite funny and amusing. But mm. we well, have is... moved to, to just to be sort of potentially more alarmist about it, we have moved into mm. an era, as you suggested well, earlier, Russian propaganda, Russian deep fakes of videos or something. Oh, sure. But there is no I mean he's Ben Wallace is saying suggesting that it was a Russian source. Is I don't, well that's what he's suggesting. That, I don't know what evidence so I don't know if it's like this person said Russian Ben weird that you must uh, stop stop supporting <laughs> us now and uh, go yeah. and help Russia or where yeah. like come on. But it is funny, you're right. This whole thing of like um, we, we're express, you know, expressing their solidarity with Ukraine—that's great. But they, it's like putting it now at the end of every tweet, every sentence. Yeah, we yeah. know. If yeah, we yeah. know, we get it. I used it's, to do I, when I was uh, much I younger. Neither of you are wearing a, a scarf or a little twisted ribbon or anything of that I've, kind of I've got it. Yellow and blue underwear. Underwear on that as we <laughs> speak. I, I, yeah, no, I don't feel the need to to wear yeah. anything in public. I used to. I used. I used to um, do uh, hoax calls as when oh, I was much you? younger. Yeah, we used to. Me and my mates used to get stoned, phoned up people very late at night, and and do, say we're we're making some sort of quiz, and you can win a big prize. And the only question is how many. D's in match of the day and they go, we don't know, and then we'd all go, and we'd all laugh, but we're not phoning up the Defence Secretary in the middle of a war. No. It's like, well, it's interesting to know that there's a certain amount of human error still at the heart of government. I feel vaguely reassured. Did you say a certain amount? A certain amount. did. Times next. I have zero doubt we're about to clash violently over this next story, gentlemen. Policy responses to the apparently controversial... Who knows? I mean, this story literally could take up the whole show. Right. It's been sold in the Times as knife and drug policing is set for reform in the wake of the race report that came out last year, but really it's much bigger than that. There's 70 recommendations now being in implemented by the government from that report. Now, when the report came out, it was hugely criticised. It was The report was written in the wake of um, also like the Black Lives Matter movement, yep. but there was a lot of criticism when it came out because people felt like it was saying that England or Britain, Great Britain wasn't racist at all, or that wasn't the reason why. But it was actually a much more nuanced report than that. And it actually also had very... The strange thing where the person who wrote the report, so um, who is black, 
was getting abuse from white people going, you're racist because of the things that you said. I mean, it was it was insane when it came it to the response. It was very, very um, high emotional. Highly charged, yeah, yes, exactly. It has, things have calmed down a little bit on that one. A little bit, hopefully, but now they're actually, you know, the positive thing is that there were recommendations in that report yeah. that make a lot of sense, that could make things so fairer. So pick out one or two? What, what's... what's uh, well, uh, they're right. talking about... Um, there's actually, there's just a, there's a whole bunch. Uh, there's literally a whole... One of them was to, uh, I saw was to try and um, avoid sending young men to jail for drugs crimes, which which, uh, which yeah, for first-time offences, yeah. uh, which is good. They're also talking about doing much more training now for stop and search, which yeah. disproportionately affects young black men. Mm. Uh, so doing better training, making sure that officers are wearing um, their uh, cameras so this stuff can be like, so analysed off. Speaking as a, as a, on a matter of yeah. principle, and I'll, I'll ask you the same question, but if reducing stop and search or becoming more conscientious about the uh, the rights and wrongs of a certain individual mm. statistically rather than whether they appear to the police to be a viable suspect. If you lowered that, reduce tensions in the community but raise the number of knife killings in the capital, as a result, I well, mean, where's... Where there's a, that it's that? a balance, but yeah. this report isn't just you're, about you're that. You're saying that's not a... No, but that, a I don't think cost. one necessarily means the other will happen. Well, do you, not, do you think that the police... A stop and search purely to express their racist instincts, or do no. you think it's because they they actually think I'm sorry? I know we've stopped three black kids already today, but that one looks to me like he's got another. They have to have a reasonable suspicion. That's the the rule, isn't it? Really, yeah. I my friend, I've got a black uh, mate, same age as me. His son gets stopped and searched all the time. Hates the police because of it. Hates yeah. it, and it fosters this 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 feeling of resentment in the community. It's mm. I, I mean I understand. There are, there are issues with knife crime in the black community. The last time, though, I looked, I think... I don't know the actual figures, but there were quite a few white kids who got stabbed as well. It's not just not in sure. the black community. Well, we go no. in cycles, don't we? It was the same. Was it Scarman report, was it, after the Brixton riots in about 83 or something like that? And um, might have been earlier, yeah. 81, something like that. And it had the same thing, stop and search, sus, as it was called then. And, yeah. uh, and it's it, still going it, on 40 years later. And they withdraw but and they it, go down and then yeah. the crime goes up and they move back. But it isn't just about, this report wasn't just about, like, knife crime or whatever, or crime. It's, it's about the educational system, what was affecting, because the, there were new Nuanced findings in the report, and that didn't suit certain people. Where things like people from Nigerian backgrounds, which are recent immigrants, were doing far better educationally than people from Afro-Caribbean and the Windrush generation. And this has to be looked at. If you can't acknowledge it, how do you make these differences to step up? This, there's certain things about education. Uh, black children are more likely to be in care and less likely to be adopted. And the review promises a campaign to match children with adoptive families. So. Ooh. That's a positive thing. Well, I'm sure yeah. they would already prefer to do that, wouldn't they? It's probably a question it of who's coming forward to it. Doesn't seem to be working, though, yeah. does it? So, so acknowledging the problem, acknowledging the problem, make it better. Where you're acknowledging a problem, but are you acknowledging the, the correct source of the problem? It sounds like you're acknowledging that there's a problem within the institutional. The source of the problem is the report. No, isn't it's not. It? Well, no, 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 I'm saying no, but the source of the problem is conveying information to you. It's not the source of the mm. problem. Well, sorry, well, no, also you're right, they're sorry. Gonna, but they're going to increase funding to the Equality and Human Rights Commission. There's just there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're doing. It doesn't seem like some sort of toothless thing that they just did last year to make people happy. It looks like they actually want to make a difference. The question is, will this stuff be implemented and how well will it be implemented? Yeah. And, and, and will it and well end it, it be remotely effective? Well, Friday, well, Friday's independent next. And uh, Ian, this is... Uh, Another not want you to be shortchanged on the uh, half-baked race-baiting nonsense front, so I've given you this. Sadiq well, Khan I, 
is saying that uh, climate change is, is a social justice issue. Interestingly right. enough, I, I have a bit more agreement with you on this story. Okay. The, the headline, Sadiq Khan said, climate crisis is a racial justice issue, as black and Asian Londoners most affected. Um, basically, he said the climate crisis should be a wake-up call to people of colour in London to understand this is also a matter of racial injustice. Well, it's a matter of poverty and inequality, mm. essentially, and that would affect... Um, uh, people in ethnic minority communities. They're 50% more likely to face the highest climate risk in London, including flooding, exposure to toxic air, heat risk and limited access to green space because those are the poorer areas. Yes. Exactly. I mean, essentially, if you're rich, you can go and live up on a hill in Wimbledon and have a green space uh, around you and that's great. Most people in ethnic minorities don't have that choice. To then take that and say that is a racial justice issue, I think... It's a bit of a leap, isn't it? Is a, it or a reach. It's a bit inflammatory, I think. I don't think mm. it's helpful. He's saying it actually um, it makes him more determined to tackle it. Well, whatever works for you, Sadiq, because the climate crisis is definitely real and it's definitely happening, contrary to what people sometimes say on this station. But... Um, I don't know if it's helpful, the language is used. It seems to me, mm. I don't know what you think, Josh, it seems to me to have imported and, and, and then reduced down like a fine source. Well, it's uh, yeah, yeah. sort of global observation that the global south, as they're often called... Yeah, because, and that's because of true. temperature. Yeah, absolutely. And those countries affected, India and, uh, and the countries along the equator, of course they are being disproportionately affected. Then just to kind of bring that back to the UK is ridiculous. As, you know, as Ian says, it's about economics. Just like the last story that we did, it, that's what it comes down to. And is, they have also yes. said, and I'm well, not a climate change denialist, but they have no, also said in that story, I saw a couple of extraordinary paragraphs, but it said no. last year... The, the climate crisis, you know, yeah. London was impacted to an extraordinary mm. extent with flash floods, floods yeah. and heat waves. Last year, London wasn't exposed to extreme weather events any mm. more than any other year in my lifetime. There's always been the potential for a bit of high wind. I remember that high, that storm that we were promised. I rushed mm. back down to Brighton in order to watch the seafront burst <laughs> when there was a bit of gravel on the promenade. I mean, they they just overdo it the whole time. I think this is, is it not happening more people. often? I don't I don't know. I can't. I don't, it doesn't it seem that extreme here. Often, the independent yeah. report was definitely exaggerated. Anyway, mm. that's it for part one. Coming up, an exploration into anti-English sentiment. Ooh, why my nephew needs to start paying for his own Netflix and squeaky bum time for tech bosses. We'll see you in a couple of moments. Thank you. And welcome back to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. With me are Ian Stone and Josh Howey. So far, we are finding surprising amounts of common ground between us, gentlemen, aren't we? Mm. Let's see how we go from here. A story to stir GB News' partisan interest, at least, Josh. This is a humiliation for the BBC. Yes, yeah, so the BBC are paying uh, substantial uh, damages to, uh, for Princess Diana's interview uh, with Martin Bashir. They're paying those damages to her private secretary, uh, Secretary Patrick Jefferson. So um, the weird thing is this article in the Metro doesn't actually say how that had a negative, negative impact. I had to sort of Google some other stuff. Did you find to get to the bottom of it? To get to the bottom of what, what happened. But essentially, it seems like Bashir mocked up these statements, showed them to Princess Diana's brother... And, and one of them seemed to be say like, like your private secretary is accepting money from other sources to sort of spy on you. And I think that obviously had a massive impact on him from that point. Now, it's weird that this article didn't tell you that. And there's a uh, suggestion that she may have died 
without ever knowing the truth about that. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, if, this, if it's only coming out now, which just seems very sad. He was her private secretary, I think, for eight years. Um, so that is, that is sad. He's got some, he got, got some money, justifiably so, and, the, and he's given that money away straight to charity, to one of... Uh, in, in, in precise... Uh, yeah. He seems yeah. like a decent chap, I have to say. Yeah. As far as the Bashir interview goes altogether, mm. he obviously was extremely dodgy and dubious in mm. the, the story he patched up in order to convince her to do it. Is there any suggestion that she wouldn't have done it if... if I think that's how he got access to her, right. via her brother. Right. That's the idea. Yeah. And then he sort of managed to get this interview. Whether she would have said anything different during that interview, uh, probably not. Do you remember it, Ian? The interview? I remember it very clearly. I, I remember it happening. I didn't watch it because no. I try and avoid royal stories whenever I possibly can because I don't care about them. Um, but I remember the fallout from yeah, it was enormous. Exactly. There were three of us in the marriage and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Loads of clips with her loads. wearing that extraordinary sort of heavy eyeliner and the, the whole thing. Yeah. It was it was all part of the drama and everyone was carried along by it. But I always it felt like it, it opened a new chapter in, in British TV journalism, which I think to some extent you could say uh, Harry and Meghan in front of Oprah Winfrey was a sort of continuation of that. Obviously, that yeah. was taking it back to its natural home. But I have some sympathy with the boys and yeah. the way that they... And I think it's not just the press. I think it's the public as well. Everyone bought into that rubbish yeah. so that when... You know, the, the reason that everyone was, was grieving was grieving as much was because I think they felt a certain amount of guilt for buying into it all, for every time she was on the front page of a newspaper or she was on some BBC interview, whereas I was walking about going, what the hell is wrong with you people? You didn't know this. Oh, one thing, by the way, the guy's a commander. That's a great title, isn't it? Is it a naval title? Right, commander Bond. Bond. Com yeah. It's Commander Bond, but it's a naval title, though, Absolutely. isn't it? Right. Time's next, and Finland looks increasingly like the place to go for maximum summer sun. Uh, and indeed, plenty of cheap air conditioning now. They have taken a very positive step, in my view. Nuclear, they've basically decided they, they've built uh, Europe's first nuclear plant for 15 years. Mm. And assuming they can work out what to do with the waste and they don't blow us all up, uh, which uh, apparently they're much safer than they used to be, mm. uh, I'm all for, because then we wouldn't have to rely on Russian oil and gas. Absolutely. Mm. It's always a question of payoffs and compromises, isn't it, in the real world? And I think nuclear power at the moment looks like a pretty good deal. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird... You know, of my generation growing up, 80s, 90s, nuclear was just... Bad. Nuclear that, bombs. That, were nuclear bad. bombs, but no, but also, but then obviously nuclear well, power was, gets gets pushed in with that. And of course, because you had Chernobyl and you had what happened yeah. in Japan relatively Sellafield recently. Yeah, well, Sellafield, you know, yeah. so these are things. There were but, a few. but if it is safer now, it makes sense. And the they know what to is, do with the waste. It's not the necessarily waste. that it's safer yeah. now. It's actually when you take a step back and you go, it was always the safest. Even with all those catastrophes, actually, the number of deaths was tiny yeah, compared but, to the number of deaths. That come yeah. inevitably. But it's the potential for. for, for we, all watched, for, you know, yeah. we all watched the drama. Yeah, that was good, it was an absolutely yeah. brilliant, and it could have gone much, much should, worse. Should have, Let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, listen, I hope it all goes well, and I'm glad they're doing it as well. And I think, I mean, I've been on this show before, and we've talked about every house having a mini nuclear reactor yeah, in the house. Yeah, well, that's really. when they get fusion happening, isn't it? That's when, you, that's when it really does become safe, when this fusion is available. That might happen in our Great. House. If, they can, the if they can work it out, I'm I all for it. I think Finland is. That's they're an excellent, um, an excellent country to take this on and to, to lead from the front because they are virtually unbesmirched by any other country. Do you know what I mean? They, they've never been 
Their hands are clean. And far enough away from us if it yeah. all goes wrong. And they have everything from a... <laughs> we'll be OK. The best <laughs> yeah. tractor races right Go. through to the best education system. They're, they're a great... They are happy. They're happy. They're yeah. On the happiness index, they're number one. They are happy for six months of the year. Well, there's no, no, no. No, there's this weird myth that they all commit suicide in the long, dark winter. It isn't true, apparently. It's have the you javelin. been out in Finland in the winter? Have you seen the desperation? Oh, we've been in, in the Finland. Finland. The fin oh, Finns, they drunk. Oh, I, my... Athletics <laughs> from Helsinki. Javelin, javelin and oh. rally driving. It makes you happy. <laughs> Friday's Telegraph. Next, finally, someone in Scotland has I recognised oh, the, the real victim. Finally, yeah. the, Engli the English. The English. We are yeah. gonna finally. We, the, this is the. Is this the first time that English people have been the victims ever for hundreds of years or whatever Roman since the Roman Empire? Empire. Yeah, exactly. So um, this. Uh, it says Scotland targets anti-English racism. No, it's a council in Scotland. Yeah. Um, uh, Moray Council. They've adopted uh, a uh, official definition of Islamophobia, um, and then at the same time, the Tory council was like, "Well, also, wait a minute. Let's also check out Anglophobia as well. And God forbid that you are a English Muslim, because then you're really going to get it yeah. double both barrels. Oh, yeah, then maybe they that's uh, is each other. I don't know. Islamo Anglophobia. <laughs> uh, if, if that's it. But look, you guys, we, we gig in Scotland. We're up in Scotland quite a lot. I when I went to Scotland first time, I, it was a real eye opener about how much people hated. I was like English people. I was like, was it just me? Play up the Jewish is, thing instead. Yeah, I was like, like when Canadians walk around. No, I, I did. I did the. I just couldn't believe the the hatred. I, it was it was amazing. It was visceral. It is yeah. true. I went to the Lot Lomond Festival in 1979, and we're in the tent. All we could hear is "Kill the English, burn the English." And we yeah. thought, well, we'll stay in the tent. First yeah. time I was ever attacked by a complete stranger was was in Scotland. It was in Dumfries on a camping site. We just fell into a conversation about who our favourite guitarists were, and I said mine was. Jimi Hendrix. I don't know why that angered him, but anyway, I was literally kicked in the head. It was. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it might not have been because of who your favourite guitarist was. I don't think it was. I think he was looking for a coarser yeah. belly. I mean, I've also been to Scotland England games, and yeah. maybe there are different rules that apply in sporting uh, in the sporting arena, particularly a football match uh, between the old enemy, but uh, England, the old enemy, but. Um, yeah, I've suffered a little bit in uh, in Scotland, but yeah. um, I have to say, as a performer in Scotland at this uh, Edinburgh Festival, I've never had anything. Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. It's full of English people coming say, up from London and watching. Yeah. And I say Glasgow are the best comedy audiences in the world. Glaswegian yeah. taxi drivers are the friendliest bunch of guys as well. If you get yeah. one from the station, you cannot avoid falling into conversation. I've never had any kind of weirdness or. Hostility or so is this a myth? I mean, it no, it's happen. definitely not a myth. I think it's definitely I think not a myth. There's, there's some grievance being nurtured in, in places, maybe where we're out of earshot. I don't know, but um, I remember going to what? Yeah, a Germany, Scotland, no, Germany, England match like in '96, and everybody yeah. supporting um, Germany. I just couldn't. Andy I Murray couldn't believe it. Yeah, got yeah. into trouble, didn't he, for yeah. saying yeah. when they asked anyone yeah. but the English, yeah. and he said it as a joke, yeah, didn't yeah. he? But it's not it's a joke. It's a well-established yeah. joke enough, yeah. yeah. Ian, I'm tempted to make a pun about this for the inadvisability of pinning jumped-up charges on a basketball player. Do you get oh, it? the... But uh, uh, it's a little more serious. You said when you tempted, you uh, actually well, made it up, <laughs> essentially. I wanted to immediately apologise as well or put it into uh, scare quotes because I wouldn't Just, make a joke about something. Yeah, yeah. you know what, if you're going to do it, right now. do it, yeah. Okay. Somebody, a woman, Brittany Griner, is a US basketball star, is in detention in Russia. Uh, it sounds like she had to do 100 like, lines. Exactly. I will not bring... <laughs> drugs into Russia. hundred times like you can go home now. Anyway, it's been extended till May. She, uh, she was um, basically flew in to uh, Moscow uh, in possession of vape cartridges containing hashish oil. Uh, I've read down this story. I mean, she's going to get another two months in jail. Right. Um, she's six foot nine. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. my God, yeah, but you. it's not just two months. It's two months until they start doing the state. It could be ten years in jail. You know what? Why bring drugs into a country? What are oh, you that's doing? Ridiculous. What well, are you doing? Like a relaxant, really. <laughs> he says, I'm on his hashish oil. Sorry, I'm all for people yeah. taking hashish oil with yeah. them and, and using it if they want, but, but don't take it into a country. Yeah. It's just She should have watched uh, Midnight Express. Even Is it Midnight Express? Time, Midnight yeah. Express, yeah. yeah. You know what, it's just ridiculous. I remember going to Malaysia years ago, I was travelling overland from Thailand, and there were always those things about the death penalty in Malaysia if you bring drugs in. And all these signs, and my mother was phoning me saying, make sure nobody puts any drugs in your bag without you noticing. Chance would be a fine thing. Yeah, yeah. See, my but... parents were putting the drugs in my bag. <laughs> Kuala Lumpur, have a nice time. They were all known as the Hanoi Hilton and things like that, weren't they? The jails. The, uh, the jails. Yeah, the latest, yeah, yeah but it was serious. Yeah. And, and like you say, Midnight Express, although it was... That like, was Turkey, wasn't That it? was Turkey, yeah. but the guy got 30 years and he had to escape. He did. Yeah. Great soundtrack, though, when he got out. Yeah. Fantastic. That was the thing to drive. Ennio Morricone. Uh, uh, yeah. Giorgio Moroder. I, I do like... There's a fun, there is a funny thing where this, uh, this uh, Miss uh, Kalijina, someone who works for the prison service to sort of point out that everything's OK in Russia, basically said that she'd visited um, Griner and said the only issue was that the prison beds were too short. I think she might have more issues than... Six, six foot nine. I six foot nine, yeah. Almost any bed she's ever but, encountered. But she might just have an issue that she doesn't speak Russian. I think it's going to be pretty tough for her. I'd imagine that Russian prisons don't make their beds sort of made to measure for no, their prisoners. For, for their journalists. Prokrustitsky. I'm sorry, that's a. <laughs> I've tried to. He's had an education. Greek, you know Greek myth and. Please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some hashish oil before the. Stretch him out. Before tonight. Uh, that is it for part two. <laughs> Folks, watch the adverts, buy the products and services. We'll see you shortly. Thank you. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans, and I'm joined by Ian Stone and Josh Howey. The Daily Star now, Josh, with something approximating to news. This is terrifying. Right. <laughs> this is... I mean, I know there are people... I know there are people dying in the world and racial inequality and all the... But this is the, this is the greatest impact on, on me, mm. and I imagine are quite a few people out there. Netflix... Uh, looks like they could be changing their uh, password policy. At the moment, they're pretty open about you sharing with different houses. It's meant to be your own household, but we're, you share it with other people. A lot of people do. Is this right? I mean, I don't really understand. Yeah. I, I literally don't do this. Well, there's this, so, there's this new thing called Netflix. Yeah. And... I can watch it on my phone. So we OK, yeah. So you've got, so you got yeah. the... Yeah, so that you've got a family oh, thing. But, but wow. I'm, I have been borrowing for the last few years. A have friend you? of mine, yeah. Oh. I might... Well, because my dad wouldn't let me have his one. <laughs> How many people can borrow on the same? Well, I think like loads, really. They're loads, loads. Really? yeah. And, they, and it's and it's affecting them. It's uh, what was the, the word? Impacting our ability to invest in great yeah, new so TV they're making, and films. They're making less money. They're making less well, no, money. Well, no, but it was part yeah, of. The, be fair. Uh, I mean, this amount. Yeah, too. no, but it's there it was actually a clever policy to be open about it because it got more people watching it. Ah, right. Then they pull them in, and then they do so what they're going to do now, the, which is say. Remember the, uh, the who was the fellow with the the weird uh, uh, that comedian with the sort of medieval bowl cut? What was his name? Uh, very I, tall and I ignore thin. people who he have hair. He had a weird voice. Oh, oh emo yeah, emo flip, yeah. yeah. So he said uh, he made money on a lemonade stand because he would sell the first cup was only five cents, but the yeah. second cup was a dollar because that had the antidote. Oh, that's where I was. That is how you do it, right? You so get they, that's it. So they've got, us, they've got us addicted. Uh, it's not happening immediately in the UK, but they're, they're starting to push this stuff in, in, in different countries around the world. Right. So This is going to affect 
everyone. I mean, yeah. everyone. It's not a large amount of money, but it's still... Yeah. I've, got, yeah. I've got one kid in college and one kid living abroad. They're both using my Netflix account as long yeah. as... But that's, uh, that's allowed. That, no. no. Uh, well, it's, the well, rules, well, there's a bit of a grey area as right. to whether it is... Households, household. locations... They do live at ours sometimes, yeah. but there are often occasions when... Uh, it happens with Spotify as well, by the way, when I, right. I want to play music. Oh, no, it's being listened to on my son's Can headphones. I ask you, by the way, how, how, how familiar is this and I? When you go onto the Netflix homepage, there are, there are four people in my family and we mm. all have a little square, right? Yeah. We all have a little avatar. Ours been selected for some reason from Stranger Things. Do you remember Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, my wife is represented by the mother who was... Uh, the, yeah, uh, Keanu, um, uh, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, yeah. The, my daughter is the, like, the, oh, the no. young sort yeah. of... Dis and I am some kind of weird monster with, like... like uh, with I see those. that. You didn't select this, No, though, exactly. No. <laughs> well, it's, it's a dad they're prerogative. Well, around the country. <laughs> no, I well, think well, you're slightly <laughs> out there, to be honest with you. Our no. family are called the grifters on our friends. Oh, really? uh, <laughs> you're married because you've got five kids as well, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'm so gonna... you're concerned about that because in about 10 years' time, when they're all living in different places, using your Netflix... I'm concerned account. about it now because that's how we entertain them. I'm going to have to parent them if, if it gets cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be all right. Oh. Friday's Times next, and this is one of those little stories that seems small and whimsical now, but might just come back to haunt us once we're fully engaged in the war with machines, I suspect. Mm. This is the uh, four-day week, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, dozens of UK firms are about to trial four-day working oh, weeks. Oh, no, well, that wasn't that. Oh, no, it wasn't oh, that. This sorry. Is, that's what I've got here. Yeah, UK firms. This is Estee Lauder. Oh, Lester. Oh, oh nice. we've sorry. skipped one. Sorry, Josh, that's sorry. you. Estee okay. Lauder. Um... Yes, so uh, this is as, as scary, although previous stories scary. Uh, have you seen the movie, George Clooney movie, Up in the Air? And it's yes. basically him travelling all over America and he basically has to oh, fire people. people yeah, yeah, sacking people. And then they're bringing in a system where they would essentially sack people over Zoom. Yeah. So this is like the next... Like they did today. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly like they did today. Yeah. The next okay. step is basically being sacked by an algorithm yeah. where these people working for Estee Lauder were interviewed... Just that, and this sort of computer analysed the footage yeah. and just said, yeah, no, we don't want this person, we're going to get rid of And that's what happened. So they, and they already had a job. This was more like an assessment. Yeah, this and they had an they assessment. Like they were invited problem. to reapply, but actually they said, no, we, yeah. don't, we actually don't. What do you, how do you said. feel about that? Doesn't mean the algorithm's wrong. No. The funny well. thing is, there's been a lot of evidence to suggest <laughs> it when you're hiring, uh, algorithms yeah. are much more likely to get it right because they're much less susceptible to little, you know, foibles. Well, charm. Like, oh, you remind me of me when I was... No, okay. also yeah. racial yeah. bias. There's none yeah. of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You're, you're looking at the facts, you're looking at the statistical likelihood of that. Well, in this case, what was interesting yeah. was that it said, because the, 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 the job is to put on makeup, but then this person had to describe how they did <laughs> it. Ridiculous. And they weren't good at doing that. No. And that, so, so you know, if your verbal skills are not as good as your... Uh, well, there's yeah. one thing that everyone has discovered is there's money in being able to describe putting makeup on. Now, I mean, that's, that's basically <laughs> how Instagram runs. Isn't very, it? very strange. Business. It's very strange. It was, they, they kept this uh, one of these women, they pasted the same sentence about algorithms and artificial intelligence and this tearing bucket of 15,000 data points and I still don't know what all that means. And I have sympathy yeah, there. But we're talking, we're talking about algorithms. I mean, when um, in, in medicine... Don't hey, yeah. don't uh, uh, computers get better uh, results in terms of? They are um, unbelievable what they're capable of. It, there, there are machines now which can look at your bone structure, your your like your chest uh, cavity mm. or whatever your rib cage, and they can determine the race of the person, the self-reported race of the person being X-rayed, 
which previously no human surgeon yep. had ever thought was, there was any distinction at all. Yes, but there's also... Yeah, but it's also about diagnosis yeah, as yeah. well. No, that that's can... what I mean. Their, 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 their degree of accuracy and diagnosis yeah. and analysis is off the scale. So much. So I, don't, I think it's unfortunate for these women to be sat by an algorithm. It doesn't. It's yeah, yeah. not particularly pleasant. Not I nice imagine. to be the, the canary in the coal mine, but no. it's not going to go away. No. Next from The Sun, a story concerning supposed character traits that's <laughs> a bit more like a selection of adult after-dinner chocolates or something that Dark empath. Are you a dark empath? Yeah. Scientists. It sounds a bit sexy. Scientists. It? it does. Scientists reveal new most dangerous personality type. Basically, um, uh, empathy can be broken up into three categories: uh, cognitive, effective, and compassionate. Right. right? So you you uh, you can describe someone's uh, feelings without necessarily necessarily sensing them. Right. You can feel the emotions, yeah. and then you have a degree of compassion. Right. If you combine those traits with things like Machiavellianism, psychopathy and narcissism. Not the compassion one, just the cognitive one. Not, yes, just the yeah, co yeah. cognitive one. Essentially, if you're both sensitive and also a bit of a bastard, yes. you can cause a lot of I trouble. I know the dark triad, mm. that's Machiavellianism, narcissism and... Psychopathy, mm. yes. That's quite famous, because yes. there, there are sort of men's rights gurus who try and teach you how to sort of harness the dark triad and, mm. and use it to your own benefit. For you goodness know, sake. Like it's quite For goodness stuff, sake. But know? the point is yeah. that people can be manipulated by this stuff if you are sensitive if to their also feelings. also then, because yes. then you've got the final missing well, part. I read this puzzle. and I finally felt understood. Yeah. <laughs> you want to, I, I was like, like, that, right? yeah, I see. I was like, they've got... This gets me. Oh, yes. Hailish triad. And it's dangerous. I want you to think I'm the palest triad. That's my empathy. At work there. <laughs> Do you know any dark triad people? I was trying to think. Oh. I mean, what are you talking about comics? With loads of dark triads. Well, there's there certainly are, there's plenty of narcissism, Machiavellianism, yeah. and psychopathy. Yeah, there's probably one or two. I as mean, well. I think yeah. of Russell Brand is quite narcissistic, and I mean, he's done very well. Which <laughs> Do you think? Machiavellian, but I don't <laughs> Do you think he's a psychopath. Do you think he's a psychopath? No, I don't think no, he's a psychopath. He sat there with a rubber plant uh, behind him. He's an empath. I guess he feels the pain. He wants to help. That's what it said in this article: is that a lot of the people who are like that do feel and have self loathing because of it. I mean, you've got to say Jimmy Carr has got to be number one candidate, hasn't he, for the original Dark Triad? I, I don't know. Yeah, but then he's a very charming guy. He's very you nice. You want to get into individuals. <laughs> I know I really don't, to be honest with you, but we all have our views about certain individuals. But, but it they doesn't... fascinating. I mean, like, a great Bond villain has all three of those, obviously, doesn't he? Yeah, but, maybe, but not the empathy, I would imagine. Yeah. That's a yeah. good, good poker player. What was his name in Casino Royale? The, uh, the shift. James Bond. Yeah. That's I knew it was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Times once more. Denmark still pursuing its policy of banning all smoking, though presumably with an exception made for bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the Times actually did a better one. They aimed to stub out smoking Ugh. in the next generation. So uh, anyone, um, I think, born after 2010 will, will now, they're going to basically every year raise which is a similar yeah. thing they did in New Zealand, raise the age of uh, being able to buy cigarettes so that you, you can't, can't buy... above 18 or something. Though. No, they can. That's the whole point. It's going to be, like, illegal for you. That's the whole point. Well, like the age of 30. Well, no, at the age of 64, there'll be, like, 64-year-olds being asked for their ID. Sorry, mate, 60, you've got to be that 65. We've got but to that... be adults like adults or ban it all Well, did Well, but I think the idea... A year. Yeah. No, but, I mean, well, if you want to ban it altogether, but you can't be saying to 35 Well, they are trying to They're also going to smoke. They're going to restrict the selling of it. I think this is a great thing. Certainly, because stopping people... You know, who really starts smoking in their 30s? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, I agree with you. Keep keep people off it. I mean, the smoking companies... The there's no upside for to smoking. You... And there's also... This includes vape products and everything. I think... I, I've never smoked... I hate it so much. I was so happy when 
they banned smoking in bars and stuff in this country. It was because, mm. you know, you come home and you just you stink from yeah, things. Yeah, and stuff. I agree with you. I didn't used to like the smell. But on the other hand, I think there's a certain amount of personal liberty. But I do think now that you can extinguish the need for tobacco and just go straight to vaping products, if you really want that, that nicotine yeah. hit, then, you know, there seems to be very, very few legitimate reasons to maintain a Except you look a like a tobacco. proper idiot. Yeah, but that's a good thing, right? If you're willing <laughs> to go through that. Good I know people you. who started on vapes. You think, why are you doing yeah, that? Right. You never I even know. smoked. So they cool. always look like outpatients. Friday's Guardian once more. Quantum hair oh. could resolve Hawking's black hole paradox. That sounds like a rather filthy joke. I've set you up with that. In the oh, let with me it. explain this. I mean, <laughs> even as I was reading it, I'm thinking, well, I don't know what, what this all means. Quantum hair? Anyway, You're not familiar with quantum hair? Hawking's paradox boils down to the following. I'm just going to read this. This is what right, it boils down to. The of quantum physics state that information is conserved, but black holes yeah. pose a challenge to that law. Because they seem to dis Because destroy. once an object enters a black hole, it's essentially gone for good. Yeah. Uh, and he they never reckon... rings, he never writes. It's yeah. that kind of, <laughs> that sort of thing. thing yes. yeah. uh, and they reckon this might now, this paradox might have been solved by quantum hair. Yeah. And, mm. and I couldn't really tell you any more than that. Well, I tell you, so I did understand it, but they've yeah. used the term hair. It's not like a string theory, it's not actually like hairy. They're just no, saying, actual hair. is, it, yeah. is it an on off mechanism? Is a black yeah. hole? They've been treating it very much as if, as if it was a simple. Like, well, because they, 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 they refer to them as bald. Featureless black, which yes. I think is prejudice. Yes. Like bald, like the bad, the bad yeah, yeah. bald Past black it. holes. It is horrible, what happens yeah. to a star when it's fulfilled its useful yeah. purpose. Is this essentially saying there's a grey area in a black there hole? There is a grey area yeah, yeah. in well, a black hole. Well, they're saying around, <laughs> around, there might be a fuzzy area around the outside, <laughs> so that information isn't it. actually <laughs> lost. It doesn't disappear. Black nothing. holes have not been paying attention to their ear holes, <laughs> which are <laughs> <laughs> they're sprouting. But I think it is yeah. quite interesting because it is partly because it's come from Sussex University, which is my my local gaff, so I'm mm. very pleased for them on that front. But it is, you know, there is this kind of sense that quantum mechanics yeah. and uh, or the what they call the standard model, all the stuff that happens with quarks and everything, and then Einstein's theory of relativity, they, they've been trying to get these two to join up for some time, and this has been one this of the major standards. And it's great that Sussex University is able to do something other than hound women professors out of Absolutely their job. Absolutely agree so with you on them. that front. Uh, Kathleen Stock should be receiving some small portion of the funds, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, but this, it does make sense. So the, but it is interesting because the idea is that the, the information isn't lost, it's actually sort of kept around. The, so not every black hole is the same. There are going to be yeah. mild variations in the gravitational pull on the There's outside. It's going to be sort of suburbs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the hair is... This is not, so. This is but this is the black Don't hole as that. it is. Don't ever do that. And then that. this is no. This no, is real. Oh this God. is black. Wow. But that there That's we so go. Scary. That's so. There we that go. It's the explained. most like Woody Allen you've ever uh, seen to be. I'm Friday's Telegraph. A rather dramatic shift in scale. Now it looks like we found the answer to those alarmist reports of London flooding we faced earlier. More beavers, Josh. More beavers. Just make sure my hair's back. Anyway, yes, yes um, beaver style. <laughs> yeah. So beavers are returning. To uh, to UK rivers there. Yeah, I didn't realise this. They'd be. I didn't. I thought there were still beavers. They're but being they, returned. To, returned to yeah, yeah. because they've been killed about four hundred yeah. years ago. They were. Well, like, they've been up in Scotland for a while, which surprises yeah. people. To but know, so, you know, that's, so yeah, so that's good. So um, was it rent? Was it'll it? be great. They're going to be reintroduced to London, and then they're going to be immediately poisoned by the sewage that the water companies are just <laughs> pumping out into the rivers. So good but they have literally, um, from what I read, they've installed a beaver or like a couple, yeah. of, like a pair well, of 
a mating <laughs> pair of mating beavers. The Adam and Eve of beavers. Into a rip and said, right, we need you to guys to sort out the bloody <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yes. Bad budget cuts. Yes. This is what this this we're going to find out. Pair of beavers, gone in. Hopefully. Sort it out. Get breathing as well. This is not just them. Two years' time, one day the cheese grating. Slavery, essentially, for the kids. But, yeah, apparently they're going to... They help They help wetland habitats. They they help with flooding. I'm all for rewilding. I really am. Get gear. I love it. Turns out, talking of wilding, we may have been living through a narrow window of dodo-lessness in the lifetime of this planet. Mm. you got this one, Ian? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, the dodo could soon be brought back to life after scientists I extract mean, love to DNA sample. Well, do you know what I'm reminded of? Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could. Uh, <laughs> they didn't stop to think if they should. I mean, I don't know. Do we need a dodo back? I th- listen, if they can make one and it's great and it's fun, it's a fun mm. bird to have around, why not? Oh, I don't know if we should mess with this stuff. Really. Well, I don't yes. think they were ever... I don't think they were part of a sort of fragile eco-balance, you know, like, we'll, like we'll when you reintroduce the wrong kind of well, toad to Australia. And happens. Happens. You know. This is like Jurassic Park. This is Dodo yeah. Park. It's exactly. the worst thing. They were um, Alan and Mauritius, correct? I think yes, Mauritius. Mauritius yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and destroyed by dogs, dogs coming dogs from and, Europe. And, yeah. and sailors who were... Sort of so I wonder if the idea is to put them back onto Mauritius now, but arm them, or... Uh, <laughs> 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 now watch out for sailors. Yeah. Electric Dodos. Oh, I, I assume pretty soon we're going to have zoos which are all uh, cloned up. They're going to be but this is actually going to be a little bit harder than we thought because they whilst they have actually got the full DNA now what they don't have this is the ability to like give but like with the mammals are easier so with yeah. Dolly the sheep so they, they could do it with, just, I read so that why that's, can't they do that both uh, because the birds reproduce in a different way and they haven't figured out how to f- They'll it's, a, it's a kind of it's a kind of pigeon, isn't it? To put, yeah, well, We've got time to squeeze dodo. one more in. One more in. in the Daily Mail. It seems one of my last harmless oh. pleasures is in fact closely correlated with my greatest fear, Josh. Absolutely. If you come from a family with dementia and Alzheimer's, as I do, uh, this idea that napping is an indicator or could even be making Alzheimer's worse yeah. is terrifying because I nap a lot. Like that's I the secret to having five kids. Got to have that nap. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm finding out that the more you nap, possibly the worse that condition becomes. Is it? Is it? I mean, I know it's always a question: correlation, causation, or is it that if you're somebody who's likely to be going down with dementia, you're also somebody who's likely to fancy a nap? Supposedly, that is the part of the brain that is affected. Yeah. um, Churchill used to nap. In fact, he didn't just nap; he used to get unclothed, get into his pajamas, and properly go to sleep for an hour every day. But then he got up. He's dead now. He drank loads of champagne and worked until one a.m. This is the thing. He lasted pretty long, though. What a ridiculous story! Apparently, the lead author said there wasn't enough evidence to prove napping could age the brain. Yeah, but. Look at this here, 40% more likely to develop Alzheimer's, people who nap more than once a day. All I know is I'm going to be old, I'm going to be taking speed, and that's, that's <laughs> Thank it. Thank you very much. That's it for tonight, folks. Join us tomorrow. Mark Dolan will be joined by Sajila Kirshi and Leo Kerr. See you then. Good night. <laughs>